0: And we're live. Welcome back to another episode of the Triple P Podcast. We are your hosts, Axel Saldana, Jack Saldana,
1: and Cole Nash.
0: It's going to be our first episode since Thanksgiving break, so how's everybody's Thanksgiving?
1: Um, I had a good time. My grandma came and visited, and you know, we had a great Thanksgiving with her and some of my cousins. What did you guys do?
2: Well, for the first weekend, I went skiing, which was a lot of fun. There's a lot more snow than I expected. So I think it's gonna be a good winter.
0: Yeah, and then you know cousins came to town. We had a great Thanksgiving. You know, had some pie with some friends and family at for the dessert on Thanksgiving. That was just a great time. Yeah, um, great Thanksgiving break. So now let's actually get down into the nitty gritty of this story. <laughs> so how did we come across it, guys?
2: Well, it was brought to our attention because we are all members of the journalism class. Somebody um, brought to our attention that uh, the robotics team. We retired the robot and wasn't quite sure what to do with it, and that sort of piqued our interest. So we decided to look into it more. And today, as our guest, we have a hardware, um,
3: the hardware lead, Von Corey. Hey guys. So uh, yeah, I'm on uh, Highlander Robotics, and the robot we built this year is called Selkie. It plays the FRC game this year, which is basically firing basketball-sized tennis balls up into a hoop. We spent about eight weeks building that robot. It went to competition, competed, did well, uh, and then eventually we took it to Worlds in Houston, and it was a semifinalist on Turing Field. Uh, it's by far the best performance of any robot in our team history. So yeah, it was a great season, and, um, and now we have a robot that did really well, and we're not really quite sure what to do with it. So it's kind of a kind of a problem. That's awesome.
0: Um, another thing we were curious about. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about the one wheel?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? So uh, I originally first started one wheeling like maybe three years ago or something um, when they first released like their smaller board, uh, which is actually something in my price range. So I picked one up and uh, pretty much immediately fell in love with it, just because I was never a huge skateboarding guy. I don't think I had like the a balance for it, but um, this thing felt way more at home to me as a snowboarder, um, and I started taking it out, um, trying to get a feel for it, and then we went on a trip to LA, and I brought it, and I'd only owned it for like two weeks at that point, but I swear like that entire trip I pretty much just stitched my family, and I was just like shredding the city, and um, at that point I knew that it was something I was really into, so I did about 3,000 miles on that old board. Uh, before I had to get a new one. Uh, I changed (laughs) the tire on it like three times. Uh, Did a bunch of work on it because it was really not doing too well by the end of its lifetime. And then I got a new one, which is the one I have now. And uh, it's pretty much how I get to school. Um, I ride it everywhere unless it's too far. It'll go like 20 miles on a charge, and it's freaking great. I love it. All right. All
0: right, so now back to robotics. Um, Can you... Really, like, can you take us into, like, how long it took the robot to design? Like, how how long does it take to design a robot, really?
3: Yeah, so it really depends a lot on the team. Um, different teams do it in different ways. And we basically emphasize the prototyping phase or the phase where we just test concepts because the idea is that we want a robot that's going to be really optimized and really work well. I guess, like, the analogy would be, you know, um, let's say you want to build a car and rather than putting it into production and then producing 10 different versions, you'd rather just get it all right in the testing phase and then make a good one on the first try. So that's what we emphasize. Um, We spend just about a week doing strategy stuff. We decide what we want our robot to look like and um, how it's gonna play the game that year since the game is different every year. And then, um, like I say, we spend a lot of time prototyping. So we think of different ideas to try, we test them. Uh, That takes maybe four weeks then there's a full design of the robot on a computer. Um, we build the entire thing over ski week, um, so it pretty much goes from a pile of parts at the beginning of ski week to like a built robot. And then from then on, it gets programmed and it goes to competition, uh, just late February or
1: you know early March. Can you and talk about the competitions a little more and how that works?
3: Yeah, so we'll show up and um, it's a lot of teams there. You know, competitions can go from like forty to like sixty teams, so they're pretty big. Um, and then there's a match schedule that you get. Uh, it's generated random, played three on three. So you really want to get a good match schedule because it's, it's just a lot of luck, frankly. If you get up with bad partners against good teams, then uh, you can be kind of screwed. So um, when you get to competition, you get your match schedule, you're looking for some good pair-ups, some fun matches, um, and then you're just basically looking for an opportunity to rank high. You want to rank high because then you go into alliance picking. Uh, So the highest-seeded teams get the best picks, it goes down through the seed list, and you end up with a bunch of teams of three robots. Uh, And then they play in a standard um, elimination round, basically, two out of three, and eventually there's a champion alliance of three robots, um, and depending on the size of the regional, there's a certain number of slots of people who will get to advance.
2: And if I'm correct, you guys reached the semifinals, and so that's the
3: top how many teams? Uh, so, at our first regional, we placed, like, fourth, and um, then our second regional, we did worse because it was more competitive, and placed, like, ninth or something, but um, our second regional, we were able to qualify, and, um, yeah, we just pretty much did pretty solid at that competition. We got lucky, and we were able to qualify.
1: How do you guys get the robot? To the competition. Yeah. yeah. It's in Texas, right? Yeah. Or
3: it yeah. was last year. Yeah, so the, the world championship was in Texas. For um, for normal regionals, they're only like a few hours away, so we'll just rent like a U Haul, honestly. We want to get a trailer for the team, someone we're trying to finance. Um, but for worlds it's kind of a big deal because we gotta get it there. So one of the cool things that uh, FedEx does is they actually like sponsor FRC teams and they'll ship your robot with air shipping like two day. Which would probably cost thousands of dollars, and they'll do it for free. So, um, we build a crate for our robot. This one, this year, we built one uh, from like an old Tesla coil crate. It was like airtight, it was crazy. (laughs) Like the kind of stuff, you know, like speakers for a concert stage would come in. Um, So, we build that, and then it gets sent on air shipping from FedEx, and the rest of our stuff uh, that we used to build our pit, which is like where we repair the robot, uh, goes in a big semi truck with a bunch of other teams' stuff it's hosted by uh, another California team a few hours from here. Well,
2: it sounds like you guys have a big budget. Who are your sponsors?
3: Uh, Yeah, so we really appreciate our sponsors. They allow us to do what we do. Um, Some of our biggest sponsors this year were um, NASA, Intuitive Surgical, um, Virtual Image and Animation, uh, SolidWorks, DeSalt Systems. um, And some of our new sponsors this year are probably going to include Making Fun and... um, a few others that haven't been fully finished yet, but we do really appreciate those sponsors. They allow us to do what we do. This is gonna be a bit less of a
0: technical question, but you mentioned that you were shooting like ten basketball-sized tennis balls?
3: Yeah. So, like, so I
0: assume the robot's pretty big. Like, how big are we talking?
3: Yeah, so there's a lot of variation, especially from, from year to year, but even from team to team. <laughs> Um, we built a really small robot this year because it was designed to be as agile as possible, which definitely played out on the field. And it was about uh, 24 by 24 by like 36 inches. But we also put like bumpers on it, so that's another like four inches. So it's effectively like a 28 square robot, and it's, it's pretty big. Uh, it's, it's pretty intimidating to see it driving around. It's got a lot of power. Yeah.
0: Super cool. All right, so can you tell us about this new robot? Like, what's it going to look like? We talked to Alex, and he was
3: saying that you guys are gonna get your task, I think January eighth. Yeah, that's right. So, so it's gonna be a lot, and it's really hard to predict what our robot's gonna look like this year because, um, it's most likely gonna be a game that our team hasn't really dealt with before, um, probably something that doesn't involve shooting game object, and um, and that's the kind of stuff that we spend, you know, that's when we spend a lot longer on the strategy phase because we know like, we're pushing our team's boundaries more. Last year, we were like, okay, we know how to build a shooter, we know how to build a robot that can do these tasks, versus this year, we might be more, like, um, I guess, conservative about what we're capable of. Um, so yeah, we don't know what the game looks like, and we're gonna probably have to focus more on our strategy this year, just because it's probably gonna be a tougher game for our team. We did get the theater, though, so you can get the whole team in there to watch wow. the kickoff, <laughs> it's gonna be fun. Super cool. Yeah.
1: How oh, much does the robot cost? <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> it's a a yeah. <laughs> that's a big question. That's a big question.
3: So it's kind of a difficult question to answer because, of course, it depends if you um, only include material costs or you include, like, costs of machining or... Um, I mean, I know that some teams even, like, include man hours in the theoretical cost of their robot. Um, I guess if you only count raw parts and, like, materials that went into building it, Maybe twenty two thousand would be my guess. Oh
1: god, oh. that's a lot of money.
3: And then um it could be a bit less.
1: I and talked then, to Valet Prito Black about this. Yeah. And she said, you know, like one motor could be two hundred dollars, uh, a vision system could be eight hundred. Um and she didn't really know how much the whole robot was, but you know, there's multiple of these parts. Right, and all these parts are really expensive, so...
3: Yeah, exactly. That's one. That's why we're so grateful to our sponsors, because we really couldn't fund it without them. Um, so, you know, motors, you'd, like you said, they can be like $200. Um, our control system components, like electronics and stuff, probably add up to like three or four. Just like that's literally... You wouldn't even see it on the robot, but there's like $4,000 right there. Um, and we also really appreciate some of our material sponsors, like Tap Plastics. Um, who provide us with some materials that we would have to pay for otherwise. Um, So that helps lower the cost a little.
2: All right, now that the season's over and you guys achieved so much, semi-finalists at the Worlds, what are you going to do with Selkie?
3: Yeah, so there are a lot of options. Um, I don't know if you all know this, but but Selkie got, like, honored by the mayor. We have, like, a proclamation that May 18th, 2022 is Highlander Robotics Day, which kind of changes it even more because, I mean, we literally have like a document. So we kind of, we're thinking about how we can basically preserve it Um, because our team is just at the very beginning of its like life cycle. Um, Some teams that are always doing really well every year uh, have been around since like the nineties. We were just founded like three years ago or something like that. and we're doing really well for our team age. So when we look at stuff like this, the priority is really like, how can we um, do something that's gonna keep the team growing? And in this case, the bot really symbolizes like a breakthrough, Um, something that we built all of a sudden that was really, really competitive and really great for such a new team. And we wanna keep it around because it symbolizes that. Um, Now, the school doesn't particularly appreciate us um, taking up space. Uh, and this is the this is the reason why if you ever look in the steam lab all of the tools are kind of jammed into a corner, um, and we're we're trying to figure out how to um, improve that aspect, but that actually makes it more difficult because um, we can't just like put it somewhere. Uh, versus a lot of other teams like two five four out in in Bellarmine Preparatory, literally just has their old robots like on the top of shelves in their lab. It's super cool, so. When we're looking at this, um, we need to basically find a spot to put it, and uh, hopefully in our lab. And we're hoping to keep it together, keep it driving. It's great for demos. Um, People really like to see it. It's just fast, zippy robots, very small. Um, And I want to hang it from cables, which I think would look super cool. But um, I'm not sure if I can get everyone to approve on that.
0: All right, so... We were told by alex that the names come from uh, scottish folklore and is that because you guys are called highlander robotics
3: yeah it's actually i think it was mr littlefield's idea originally because um he like visited our team back in 2020 when it was just getting started um and this was before we were very integrated with the school brand so one of the ways he thought we could represent school was by pulling in some like scottish heritage stuff So yeah, we named our first robot Nessie after the Loch Ness Monster Um, and we kind of liked that. We thought it was cool. So the next year we named our robot Whirlpool because there's this like mythical Whirlpool off the coast of Scotland and uh, now we're pretty much just sticking with it. I think it's a lot of fun because it makes our robots stand out. You know, you see a lot of robots with names like Overdrive and Impulse and it's just kind of boring. Like, naming our robot, you know, Nessie or Selkie, it's just fun.
1: Yeah all right um well let's say you win it all this year yeah what what do you get in return do they give you do they give your team money do they um
3: so they they do um but it's really more of a thing like you'll get a lot more sponsors your team will get a lot more global recognition um and then that's how you kind of grow so i think it's different than some sports um well, I guess it's kind of similar to, like, basketball, how people know that the Warriors are, like, an objectively good team. Like, they're always going to do pretty solid. In FRC, it's like that, but it's, it's actually, like, probably even more skewed. So the same set of, like, 20 teams are always going to be in the top 1% every year. And this is because those teams have been through this cycle of becoming globally recognized, getting sponsors, getting funding, getting a good workspace. So um, if we were to win it all, which would be, like, a dream come true, I'm sure, for everyone... The biggest thing would just be basically increasing the influence of our team so that we can provide a better program for the future Uh, whether that's getting more sponsors more funding getting better recognized by the school or um, becoming more integrated into the community of top teams which all like to help each other out Uh, yeah
2: and why do you love robotics so much
3: you know, that's, that's a really good question. I actually ask myself that sometimes because I have to recognize how much time I spend on it. Um, but I really think the reason for me is just because it gives me something that I can really think about and, um, and kind of spend a lot of time just contemplating, you know, how is this game gonna play out? Like, what does the best rollout look like in this game? I love the community around it. I know a lot of people in it outside of our school, really like all around the country. And um, I think that's very motivating. And also, I just think it's cool because my whole life I've built things and I never knew that I would be able to use the things we have access to just, like, freely. Because once you become respected on the team, people just let you use stuff. It's not like a shop class or something where, like, there's always a teacher breathing down your neck. You really get a lot of responsibility and I love that.
0: All right, well, thank you so much for coming. This has been a great podcast episode um, be sure to check back on our spotify at the phs triple p podcast yeah we got um, a new name now on spotify <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> gotta work on that branding a little bit um, as always thank you to miss black um, and the whole journalism editorial staff for helping us out um craig brosco who always helps us out plan out our episodes and of course thank you to highlander robotics for being so successful and having just the coolest robots and of course thank you to Vaughn for coming
3: thank you for having me All right,
0: peace.